Hello, it's the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott. We're at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. We're at facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Shouts as always to Blue Wire. Uh, shouts as always to American Fireworks, our longtime friend and sponsor in Hudson. Always open at AmericanFireworks.com. Uh, Dre, it's like 52 degrees out today. Um, that's fireworks weather compared to what we've had. So you ain't lying. You're we're ain't not lying. out of the woods yet. Um, it's mid-February. Um, the NBA is coming to town. Baseball is continuing to shoot itself in the foot. Football just ended. We got a lot we could talk about, and I'm going to let you yeah. pick where we start. Uh, the weather. I mean, for those that are coming into Cleveland, Ohio, don't get fooled. Don't uh, don't don't get crazy. If this day, if today and tomorrow, because we're talking, this is Wednesday. If today and tomorrow were Friday, Saturday, you might have a good chance to see some hungover players come sat Sunday um, during the All Star game. But you'll probably see that anyway. And technology is a bear. We've sat here on BS for like five minutes, and as soon as we start, somebody's at my door uh, with that ring doorbell that you hear in the background. But I, I was wondering what that was. I was going to say something that's going to get me in trouble right away. Um, I'm going to treat them like uh, non-Christians that come to your door to try to get you to become Christian. I don't know. Uh, I'm afraid to say, like, you can't even say jokes the way you used to say them growing up. Like, there was something I wanted to say, but I didn't say it right there because I don't need the headache right now. I ain't got no job. I ain't got no baseball. I ain't got nothing going on, so I got to be cool. I guess I got a job. I mean, what is baseball doing? Completely have lost their FMI. Because like this uh, is really the time, have. right? Like normally, like yeah. it's Val- it's Super Bowl, it's Valentine's Day, and then you're in Arizona, right? Right. Trust me, I know. And it's fifty <laughs> degrees. Crap. It's just like a, it's a terrible, terrible um, way of trying to tease me into like thinking everything's going to be okay because we know the weather's going to get worse later. I don't know what baseball's doing. I don't know if play like, um, you know, I, the owners are the owners, and they're going to do what they want to do. They obviously don't care about what the rest of America. I mean, let's be honest. Do you think there's an owner in the NFL, NBA, or Major League Baseball that really gives a rat's ass about what the common folk thinks about them? Well, no, we know that answer. But I would counter that by saying if there's one sport that needs the common folk, specifically the younger folk, that needs to be in attention in a good way, it's baseball. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't disagree, but I, I still go back to the original question. I don't think they give a damn, Z. I don't think that I think this goes back like I mean just think about all the older men that we know in our lives, or and just I mean we don't know a lot of owners of you know billion dollar industries or businesses. I don't think just and I don't know this for fact. This is just simply my opinion coming out. I, and I'll use the Cincinnati Bengals as an example as well. I know it's a different sport, but have the Browns, has the Brown family cared what the general public has cared about them or said about them over the last 40 years? No, they haven't. And have they still continued to make money hand over foot, over fist, day in and day out? They don't even got an indoor, they don't even got an indoor practice facility and just played in a Super Bowl and had a chance to win it. I guess what I'm saying is for as much as us common folk and as much as, and we have to realize this as, as reporters and as the media, these people don't give a shit about what we think about them as long as they're – I mean, the money is growing in their lives. Look at our world. They don't care because they know at the end of the day, whether baseball comes back and starts on March 31st or starts on April – I'm being generous – or starts on July 1st, most of them are going to pocket more money than any of us will see in the rest of our lives. And yeah, but if they lose effect. games, they lose money. No, but they'll get it back in playoffs. Yeah, I, I just think it's all right. Well, all right. Wait, wait. Let's go. Wait, let's go this way. 
Because I know where you're going, but I just don't, I don't agree with anymore because look at their actions. But think about this. How much money would you have to lose to be, oh, shit, I'm in trouble? Like $5. <laughs> and I would say most owners probably could lose millions. Well, didn't they just two years ago, though, in the pandemic, lose millions? Yeah, they gained some of it back. They, they expanded the playoffs. They got their playoff money there. They got the, they're not well, going I understand broke. what you're saying, but there's they're no way it's going, good. It's, uh, it, I don't disagree. But it's, it's not, not successful. Ba- but it's not bad enough to make them change their ways. <laughs> right, but I, I just think, like, even if you get to the point, and nobody really cares right now. I mean, you can say no. pitchers and catchers report, and some people do go to spring training, right? For sure. It's um, people's lives. That's yeah. the part. That's the problem. No, it is people's lives, and that's what I'm getting at. If you have to start changing the schedule, and and we're there, right? Like we're there. That's a problem. It, I, I don't disagree, but I think what I'm saying is, we can't speak for the thirty owners. They live in a completely different world than us. They, they know how much they can lose as a group. All right, how much money did the NFL owners have to, play the, to pay the city of St. Louis for the Rams leaving them high and dry? A like lot. I don't know. Like, yeah. like 730, $739 million, I believe. They live – my point is that, like, so for all the pageantry and all the, everything we've made out of the Super Bowl and how great it was and how unbelievable SoFi is and all that other stuff, and it is – and it's nice the Rams went out there and they broke and, and they and they went out and won the Super Bowl in their own home park and all that other stuff. Does anybody really calculate that seven hundred thirty nine million dollars that's gone because they screwed a city? They no, the play, NFL can print it in a minute, and so does baseball. They play in a different they play in a different world than the rest of us, and it's hard for us to try. And I know what you're doing, but it doesn't affect them, Zach, the way that we want it to affect. Because if it did we wouldn't be sitting here in the issue that we have because okay. they know, they know no matter if they piss off every fan in the world, whether they come back in July, whether they come back in August, whether they come back in May, whether none of you guys go sit in the seats until whenever, if they get their playoff money over the next couple of years, they don't lose that much money and over and in due time, you dummies will come back because you got nothing better to do. I'm, no, not, that calling, always I'm not calling you dummies. I'm just saying that's how it feels. No. Right. I, I'm just going to give my perspective on it. Um, so the other day I went to Athens for the to to be there for Joe Burrow Super Bowl just in case you know just to kind of chronicle the experience. I mean we're talking about a really small town, right? And just in case it got really wild, you know, you get to be on location. It feels good after the last couple of years to to be able to go out and chase stories again, right? Instead of sit here and and try to call people and zoom people. But so I'm the wrong person, Dre, to to gauge this because I don't go to malls. I don't go I, like, even if I want to buy shoes at this point, I buy them online, right? Unless I'm at an outlet mall. So mm-hmm. I go in the, the uh, sporting goods store just to see what their collection of burrow gear is. Right. And just to look around, frankly, I'm due for a pair of shoes. And while I was in there, I said to myself, Oh, this is interesting. This is the first time I've seen the new guardians gear. And, and like I said, I, I'm not, that's not a bigger statement. That's just me because I don't go and look for this stuff. Right. But, that's also the first time I thought of baseball in many months. And as I look at it, where four weeks from now, college basketball ends, you know, where football is now off our TVs for a long time. Like, USFL is coming, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll watch it probably. Right. Um, I will too. I, it's just like, 
hey, baseball, this this is your window. This is no doubt. The, the feel-good stories of spring training where everybody's undefeated and we get this vibe oh, going, right? And everybody shows up in the best shape of their whole lives. And like, what am I as a baseball consumer? I go to two Indians games a year and one Pirates game. Right. Right. And that, but that's what I'm kind of getting. You know what? I had dinner last, last week with a, a close family friend. And one of the first things he said was, hey, man, I, he goes, I've done my part. I went and bought my opening day tickets. I'm ready to go. And my heart dropped for him. Because this person, an older gentleman, older family friend, loves the game, lives to be a season ticket holder of the Guardians, um, you know, lives and fights. Like you remember when we were in high school, it was a big deal to get opening day tickets in the 90s oh, sure. because you couldn't get tickets all the time. Right. And, and, you know, and to see the excitement of, hey, I've done my part and I want to go do their part. And I guess that's what I'm saying back to you that and I think this is like to me, this is a microcosm of, of our world, though. Right. Like, like we all know what's good and bad for us. Like, we know McDonald's is bad. It's on every corner of every outpost of every highway that you're on. But when you're hungry and you haven't eaten in four or five hours or you haven't had a Big Mac or you got a taste for it or you, have, you want some McDonald's fries, even though they're not good for you and they're clogging your arteries, sooner or later you're probably shit, gonna, they'll save your life. <laughs> see? But regardless, you'll still stop and go st- and get McDonald's. Yeah. I'm not condoning this. I'm not happy with what baseball is doing. Because I'm going to take this into steps for you. I'm going to take this into where we're at with what happened in the Super Bowl. But, or what the NFL is at. I, I hate to say this, but I just feel like Major League Baseball owners just kind of feel like, yeah, we're pissing them off, but our business is more important. And if we lose a couple million dollars in 2022, we will gain that back plus some over the next eight, nine, ten years of this deal whenever we get it done, Zach. And therefore, as usual, the consumer has to pay. Because, I mean, I, I mean, the game has been losing fans or, or quote, unquote, not saying you, but the those that are against the sport, those that I almost said a publication that I won't say because one day they may have to try to pay me. But those that want to tell us differently will say, oh, the game's dying. Oh, the game is, you know, it's going away. We're losing. But to these owners, they're still making billions of dollars year in and year out. Well, then why won't they pay the minor leaguers a living wage? No shit. It's, it's <laughs> because they're not – I mean, guys, obviously they're not good people because they have – like, like I don't get that either. Like, I'm mad on both sides of that. And I hope player like, I don't understand why players haven't fought sooner for minor league players considering they all went through it. Yeah. But, like, how hard would it be in a negotiation for the major league baseball players to simply say this, to say, all right, our deal's done. The last thing we asked for because we feel like it's what's best for the game. Can each owner put like $2 million aside for the minor leagues? What if they did that? What if each owner put $2 million aside just for the minor leaguers? You're telling me that wouldn't change the world of those guys and that wouldn't make those guys millionaires. It would just give them like a normal wage. (laughs) How hard is that? Right. No, it shouldn't be. It's beyond ridiculous. It is. It totally is. And I think that's where, and I don't want to stand up for player. I don't want to stand up for anybody during this freaking clock out. Because it does piss me off, and I do lose money on it as we go along, and that's and that's nor here nor there. It is, but hell, I lost money in twenty twenty two. I'll overcome it. We'll figure it out. I've, I've got a couple other jobs, but my point is, I've never understood why the players don't take of each other, take care of each other already. And then, so when we sit here and we can, and we say to each other, you know, what's going on with baseball? I think the answer is kind of right in our face. They never taken care of each other the whole time, and the owners know that. And the owners are going to use that against them. And the owners are hoping to right now have the the pliers to the you-know-whats and saying, okay, you guys play tough all you want. But when you guys start missing checks in April and May, who do you think is going to bother worse, the players or the owners? They're going to squeeze the shit out of them like they always do. 
Well, and, and and this isn't like a revelation, but you know, in twenty eight cities, opening day is a big deal. In Cleveland, it's probably bigger than most. So you're we're talking about businesses. We're talking about major. Yes. You're talking about somebody wants to go. That means hotel rooms, right? Yes. That means yes. a lot of stuff that has to get changed and a lot of stuff that gets lost, and it's just stupid. It should be well, done. Right? As I as I remember back in twenty twenty when the pandemic first struck. Uh, I have a couple of buddies that own bars downtown. I did. Some have sold. Some hopefully will make all their money back this weekend. But I was told that Indians, Guardians opening day and St. Paddy's Day basically keeps most bars open downtown for most of the year. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Seriously, St. Paddy's Day and opening day can carry certain bars in downtown, can carry them almost the entire year or until they get to, you know, until they get to the fall. Or the cap season. The cap Back season, in my day, I, I attended an opening day or two without ever going in the stadium. <laughs> I did my part for the economy. Major, man, not, not for Major League Baseball. You can come in and buy a hat and an $8 hot dog and a $15 beer. I, I, sitting yeah. in his cubicle at the trucking company blushing right now. We did some opening days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and taking us to – I wrote down some stuff, but um, – so I don't know what's going to happen with baseball. It kind of makes me sick to my stomach, to be honest. But um, at some point, we'll have baseball. We have to, right? I think. I hope. Well, I, I mean, I, I isn't it fair to ask about the long-term viability of Major League Baseball? And, and, and it's strictly dollars and cents, and it's not. But, right? But, like, 20 years from now, what is Major League Baseball compared to the other major sports? Um... I don't know. It's a fair What's question the, to ask, right? That's a, we don't qu- need to go okay. into it. No, I don't no, want to no, talk fair, baseball for one more fucking second. Yeah, no. Okay, fair <laughs> question. That, that is a fair question. Here, okay. I'll say this to you. What does football look like in 20 years if we continue to have more head trauma? In I, think it's thri- I think it's thriving. I think football it is thri- but so you thriving. Said, but, that's, but see, that's where I'm, I, I disagree with you. It looks great right now. We have a couple more manics. I have people killing each other and doing crazy stuff. You know, we don't, there's no idea where it's at in 20 years. And if you're an owner and you're 75 years old or 70 years old, do you think you give a shit about 20 years from now? No, you're right. But there's a lot of bad stuff going on in every league, and there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world, right? And there's 12 teams lined up to trade for Deshaun Watson tomorrow. Bingo. And there's 15 cities lined up begging for a Major League Baseball team for tomorrow. Fair. Fair. The problem <laughs> problem is there's probably 18 that would get rid of theirs. Shit. Who? <laughs> I it's just, a, I, who? Well, no, like, 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 they're all making money. Ain't nobody broke. Ain't nobody broke. That's what I'm, that's like. That's the point. Like what you're saying. I, okay. Like majorly, I, name me a city that would get rid of their baseball team. Well, Tampa, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's making money. Pittsburgh's got a I, I, I totally believe that. <laughs> so why would they get rid of it? Uh, They're not just, Pittsburgh, I, Pittsburgh fans don't go because the team stinks, but they still make money. I, I I just think that the sport is in trouble compared to the other sports. Well, depends what trouble is to you. Is it going to be the is it going to be the America's pastime? It's past that, but it still generates more money than soccer. It's not going to get beat out by what? Uh, name me a sport. Well, I mean, people have been telling us since '94 that soccer's coming. Right. Soccer's still not right. coming. Right. right. right? NHL is not going to pass MLB in, in America. Yeah. Doesn't score enough. I mean, I, I, maybe they're just number three, and they're okay with being number three. And number three still makes billions. Yeah, of dollars no, I'm not arguing that. I just, I, I think this is really um, unnecessary and self hurtful, and it just feels like the latest don't disagree. string of those. I things. Don't disagree. 
But I continue going back to we've been hearing this since the nineties when they let. Everybody I, I guess I, I was wrong saying team would get rid, but like what I, I think in that many places, it's fair to wonder about the long term viability of the franchises for many reasons. Yeah, I mean, but somebody, a city, will take them. Like St. Louis, like I said, St. Louis just got they have a baseball team. They pay for theirs. They like theirs. I, I just think that we overplay our hands. We like the baseball's dying theory has been out there since the nineties. And then everybody got mad at them because they let everybody take steroids. But we all watched. We're, we're whores to this shit. You know it. That's why. You well, have that's what I'm saying. I'll watch. Put it on. I'll watch. See? But, <laughs> but like, <laughs> we're whores to it. We're not going away. As much as we talk, as much as we talk big and bad about how sports are pissing us off, or how I mean, it's just like the guys that you know. I'll never wear Nikes again because they were Kaepernick. And, yeah. still, and that guy's still cutting cutting grass, and the NFL still getting great numbers. We lie to ourselves a lot when it comes to sports. You're right, but I, I I wonder where baseball is in 20 years. I me too, but I don't think it's going away. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't think it's going away either. But it's not going away, and they'll make and it still will make money. And someone will be smart enough to somehow sell the game better. Somehow you'll get rid of Manfred. Manfred ain't gonna last 20 years. This hopefully be his last 20 days. And they'll find someone that's young, vibrant, that'll figure out a way to put mics or they'll do something. I don't know what it is. The, the game ain't dying all of a sudden is what, I, is, is what I'll leave it with. But I'll say this, because you feel so strongly about the NFL and where it's at. And I don't totally disagree, but I think what I'm going to bring up and what I will bring to the forefront, and you know our rules, um, you know, the NBA and NFL had it to me had a very curious, had a very lookalike week this week. You had the James Harden trade for um, my man Simmons, Ben Simmons, who hadn't played all year. And there's always more to the story than any of us know. And I, we've gathered more information, some, you know, some that helps, some that does not help. And everybody in the NFL just watched the last two Super Bowl champions. Can, off the top of your head, and you may, I'm, and I didn't, we don't plan on this. This totally happens off the top of our heads. And I wrote a couple of things down as I was in another meeting getting ready to talk to you. But your last two NFL Super Bowl champions have basically said the hell with the old school thought and theories of getting to the Super Bowl, right, Zach? Tampa Bay Bucks found out the old Tom Brady had another ride in him, and they said they tore up their papers and said the hell with the draft. Go get the best team we can put around this old guy, and let's go get a ring. This year, we've watched the Los Angeles Rams basically say screw all rules, screw all cities. We are going to spend all the money we can, and we're going to bring L.A. a championship. And they did. And they don't really care about their draft picks. They do. But they used free agency. They brought stars from every which way they could. As soon as they could last offseason, as soon as they were knocked out of the playoffs, they were uh, – what's the word? I was going to say man enough, but you can't say that. Either. They were tough enough to look in the mirror, Zach, and say our quarterback can't – we can't win a Super Bowl with our quarterback. Get him the hell out of here, even though we gave him an unbelievable deal. That, that's over part 100- of smart, tough, accountable, right? Start, yes. Grade yourself. Yes. Yes. They, yes. they looked in the mirror and said, he ain't good enough. We got to go get somebody that we, make, we can win a big game with. Um, and we always know every time you put a group of stars together, it does not mean that you're going to win a championship. But the L.A. Rams did it, just like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did it. And for as much as people may not see the correlation I'm saying to this, you're now getting a lot of the NBA players go where they want to go and players dictate the league uh, in the NFL, just like you are in the NBA now. 
No, they, they do. Um, you know, I would say if the 49ers safety tart catches the ball or if Tyler Boyd catches the ball, that's different. But absolutely their method was validated because that's what you play for to raise that trophy. Right. And they have, even as in recent years, as, as teams have made trades and been aggressive, they have been ahead of that curve. Right. Or, or more on the gas, <laughs> no yes. breaks, no breaks through those curves. Zero. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it still comes down to blocking and tackling on third down, right? But um, on third down, Aaron Donald, who's arguably the best to ever do it, is a lot better when Von Miller's rushing with him, right? Especially on the same side. Uh, yeah, you, I'm lose. glad you said that. They may not win that game if Von Miller's not lining up next to no. Aaron Donald. They may not get there without that, right? right. Um, it's The margins are so thin in the NFL. And you you have to go for it. They, they are living proof of that, right? Yeah. Um, I would say this to our listeners in Cleveland. Please, 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 please don't talk to me about OTA's training camp or the preseason ever again. McVay doesn't even Thank bring you. his guys to the preseason games because they don't you. fucking matter. Thank <laughs> <Right>? you. <laughs> but, all right, can he do that? Can he get away with that, though, because of the – and I, I agree with you, first of all. But can he get away with that because of the type of players he's putting on the line? And what um, is he in, in a way, sure. It's not like you're a, a, a new, new coach like with a new of, team and second-year right, guys that right. you're freaking you know, out. Yeah. Aaron right? Donald, Von Miller, and, and OBJ don't need to come to that type of crap. Yeah. Is what you, <laughs> it, it, a lot of them don't, right? But, yeah, they went and they got Matt Stafford. They knew what it was supposed to look like. They were able to replace Robert Woods because Odell quit the team here and became available. Um, you know, they were able to bring Cam Akers back like five months after Achilles surgery, seven months, like freakish, right? They were able to get Daryl Henderson back, and, and he played a big role in the Super Bowl. Uh, hell, when when, Hender, when they lost Cam Akers, they went and got Sony Michelle, who right. is very right. much just a guy, but they were saying, we are going to do this. We are not squandering this, right? right. Well, and, that's the part that the Browns should pay attention to. You can say yeah. OBJ did whatever he did, and he did whatever he did, but like I said, What's the difference OBJ did then from Ben Simmons or from James Harden? Uh, no, the, it, well, there, there's that's not how major it, differences. How, no, that's how our world – That's you don't like it. I'm not crazy about it, but I am aware that that's how our world works now. That's right, what these just, kids – Just let me ask – you. No, you, I, I'm not arguing any of that. It's a different world. But let me just ask you this because I, I don't I, – I'm not going to understand this. So I blame, I need help wait, let me say this. Let me say it first. I blame the OBJ thing on the Cleveland Browns organization, but go ahead. So I, and I've done I just, that from the day, and I've done that from day one. You know that, yeah, uh, and that's fair. I mean, he was allowed to quit the team, right? I just guess I'll never understand, and I'm not arguing. I'm asking for for help here. Okay. When he quit the team, how many of Browns players can say he was a great teammate? They all still are. I know. So, like, <laughs> I mean, that's my like. That's honestly, as I was driving home on Monday. Right, I, I had to stop about an hour in to catch up on some emails, some texts, and ended up just sitting in a hotel parking lot for like an hour, right? right? Just getting back to the real world and was aware that all this was out there. And I was honestly at one point asked myself if I'm going to have to have another career because even at only 42 years old, am I that disconnected from today's yeah, athlete? But you aren't, but you, you just don't want to accept it. You're just like the old guys with the, that ain't wearing Nikes no more. As soon as you look in the mirror and realize this is just the world we live in, you got to figure out which, how you're going to live in it. That's and, and and we're a part. You are a part of this world. You've helped. You didn't do it purposely, and I'm not blaming you. Pointing a finger. We're all a part of this. Whether it be through social media, whether it be through us following AAU kids at 16 years old, like we did a lot of this, not realizing we were built into this monster that we've made, Zach. 
Like we were into it because that was a cool thing to do because that's what our dads took us to. I mean, I mean what, all right, this will give you the perfect example. What was the basketball tournament that we used to go to at Cauga Falls growing up? The All-American Cage Classic. This is why I love you. I didn't even I couldn't remember the name, but I knew you would remember. <laughs> and Zach Jackson and Andre not never as kids growing up went to that 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 together. But damn it, we knew it was coming and we went when we were little kids, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And look at what has happened through having enough people and enough shoe runners and enough congrat guys that they have gotten all the money and stole from all these different shoe companies. And now that is our world. There's a Gus Smacker tournament at around every single corner. And we're teaching these kids at 12, 13 years old, all right, you're not getting enough run on this team. Son, I'll get you another. I'll get you a team that, has a, that, that wears Pumas, son. And we'll get you right out there and you can go play what you want. I didn't like what OBJ did. But I'm going to say this, and I'm going to scream this from the mountaintop for the last time. Because here's the one thing I'll say to, the, to our weekend warriors at Twitch Tweet. And they know more that's going on in the locker room, even though they ain't been in the locker room and their fat asses couldn't fit in the locker room over the last 15 years. What the players put out over social media, they know more than we do. They know more than Zach Jackson knows about what happened in that locker room. They know more than what Mary Kay knows what happened in that locker room. They know more than anybody else. And they still get it and understand. Like, I, I, I remember some, I saw some guy mad on some, some board. He was mad at some college kid for leaving to go pros during the Rose Bowl or whatever. And he was like, I can't believe this. You know, yeah, what, what a letdown to his teammates. And I fucking start laughing. Why? It's like, dude, do you understand, like, how relationships work? Like, do you really, like, I guess because I'm around these players and I know how they talk to each other. These players, I want to say this the right way. They get when you leave early from college. If you're in the, if you're in the wide receiver room, if Zach and I have been in the wide receiver room together, like I remember when I got to St. V, there was another running back who remained nameless, and we were doing like our workouts before we started, and we were doing that little stupid stuff. Not stupid, but we were doing the thing kids do, and we were like pointing down at, at Johnson Stonefield, and we were talking about, man, I can't wait to score my first touchdown there. I can't wait to get my name in the paper for the first time. That was 14 years old. That's what you talk about, right? Well, when you go to college, the first thing you talk about, especially somewhere at Ohio State, is, man, I hope I can get drafted here. I hope I can make, you know, get my name up there with Chris Carter. So when those players decide to go pro early and not play in the bowl game, their teammates get it better than anybody else because they're all living the same dream. Right, but I'm not arguing anything you said. But also, you can't tell me that a kid sitting out a bowl game, which I've had NFL scouts tell me on and off the record means nothing to them, and it's best the kid. That is not the same as quitting no. your team in the middle of a season. It's just okay. not. Okay. Under no, contract. No, no, no. Okay. Millions can, of dollars. I can go with you on that. But see, the millions yeah. of dollars don't matter. We, we have to erase that. We don't like I'm, – I'm going through this. I'm not in love of all of this. I'm just aware of it. And you are too. You just don't like too, it. I am too, but that's two and different you, things. Right, right. But you just don't like it. And I get that because I'm not crazy about it, but I understand it. Well, the here's situation. the larger wait, wait, question. Wait, wait, let, me, wait, wait, wait. let me answer the first question. Keep where you're at because I don't want to lose where you're at. You don't think those guys are down with OBJ, saw what was going on, and totally understood why he wanted out I, that, that, from that day is my one? Thing. So, so day one, I they knew and understood. Or do they hate the quarterback that bad? It sure as hell seems. I mean, what I mean, is it screaming right? out? Like it's a fair conclusion to jump to. It's not even a jump. It's not a jump. And that's You're why I said, to that conclusion. Yeah, it's not a jump. And this is where I keep going back to this. And I said to this on the day. Look, the OBG thing. OBG. The OB, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh snap! <laughs> that happened. Like the OBJ thing happened as we were on the phone, but we knew this was coming. 
We knew it was coming, and the players knew it was coming. You don't – and, like, I had a player reach out to me, a player that played, and I, I won't say his name, um, but a guy that was an – he wants some all-pro – he was an all-pro player, okay? And he saw fans going back and forth about OBJ during the playoffs, and he reached out to me, and he sent me a DM. He goes, dude, call me. And this is a late Sunday night. And he, the first thing he said to me was, what the fuck is wrong with people in Cleveland? And I go, well, what do you mean? And he's like, bro, I played in the league for a decade. He goes, every guy that played in the league could see from a mile away the issues in Cleveland. He was like, you don't bring in a guy like OBJ and don't run the offense through him and get him going. And he brought up the AAU thing. He's like, that's like bringing in a 20-point scorer and asking him, asking him to run point guard or asking him you know, to, to, to be the guy that screens. He's like, they've set that up never to work. He goes, you don't bring in players like that. He goes, look what they did in L.A. They got him in L.A. and they put him in a role that worked. He goes, that's what, he goes, that's how the league works. And he goes, and players get that. He goes, that's what happens to us when we get – he goes, when we went to college, you knew there were certain guys that he had to get the ball a certain amount of times or it was going to be a problem. He goes, because that's how it works now. And we want that guy to get the ball because he makes us better. He goes, Dre, this is obvious to so many people. He goes, but I listen to fans on tweets and I listen to different reporters. And he goes, how out of touch are people? That guy was there to score and be the part of the offense and make that offense work, and they didn't know how to use him. He's like, the question, he goes, how are all these fans just letting the, the, the front office walk away and have no issues with this? And I said, well, I go, the front office that's here right now didn't bring him in. And, and I go, and they didn't bring in a quarterback either. And he started laughing. He goes, well, looks like you know where your problem is at. Because he said any NFL front office that knows that that's about themselves would not have let that situation got the way it got. Yeah, no, I understand um, mistakes were made. And listen, I was at the games, um, two of them sitting in the end zone. I know how open the guy was, right? And and right. what we all want to know is what those Monday full team meetings are like when everybody watches the games together, right? Right, right, right. Uh, and I don't think that's exclusive to the Browns. I think that's a test of metal and maturity and focus for a lot of teams, right? Right. Um, because guys know what it's supposed to look like, and guys know everybody makes mistakes, right? Right, right. Um, I just, like I said, and, and, and I've said this many times, I thought Odell got a bad rap in a lot of ways. I know Odell's a super talented guy, one knee, two knees, one and a half knees, uh, 28, 21, whatever, right? But, like, the way that went. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. No. And, it, I mean, and at some point in time, I think we have to, um, and I don't want to do, my parents went through a divorce. Um, when I was younger, I was like 10. I can remember exactly. It wasn't good. It was one of the, the lowlights of my life. But I remember it. And it was something my parents had to go through. Uh, my parents just didn't see eye to eye. And God bless them because it wasn't good when they got divorced. But they worked their asses off. And I give them so much credit. And I wish more parents heard the story of how my parents like you didn't know going and when in high school at parent teacher conference, teachers didn't know my parents were divorced because my parents showed up to everything together. Still, my parents made sure they lived within five ten minutes of each other. So my sisters and I still would you know grow up with our parents close together, even though we weren't together. My parents made a lot of sacrifices to make our situation work the best that it could, even though they couldn't work the best that they could. I guess what I'm saying is they knew they had to be divorced because it wasn't working for them, and it sucked for us as kids. But in the long run, they made it work. I think a lot of these players, whether it be James Harden, whether it be Odell Beckham Jr., they've grown up in this divorce stage of life of sometimes you got to break away no matter how bad it hurts if it's what's best for me. And we did we talked about that with Kyrie many years ago. 
Right? Yes. He went to two different high schools, played on an AAU team every year, was at Duke for about four and a half months. So where did he learn loyalty? He, he right. didn't. Where right. did it matter to him? He didn't. It didn't. Right? Right. Um, I, I, I understand that. I'm just saying, like, and, and I know, you know, these guys have to rush to social media. Um, and I, I know that I'm 42 years old going on 62. Right? But, like, I talk to you every single day of my life in some form or fashion. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> and if that's – I talk to you 363 days out of the year. Right? Yes. I keep trying to cut it down, but you won't let me. Right? There's, <laughs> there's some form of communication between us. Right? Mm-hmm. And I've been there to celebrate your high days, and I've been there to talk about your low days, and I've been Absolutely. there to say what I heard and listen to what might be next. Right? Right. Right? So when I want to reach out to you – I know where you live. You text me or call me. I know me, what yes. your phone number is. You I know where you hang America. out. I know. I, I know, know your in-laws. I know, I know. your oh, stepbrothers. <laughs> I know everybody. Right? Right, right? So I don't need to go on Twitter and say that I'm happy for you or that I'm mad at you. Z, that- <laughs> I know. I'm with you. Dude, I don't, I don't do happy birthdays. Like if I'm close with somebody, right. I still text them or call them and say happy birthday. I still text them or call them to congratulate them. Like, right. like I don't I, – I, I, I'm not putting anybody down. I'm so exact on this. If this is something personal, I don't put it on social media. I do it personally. Yes, and, and through the time, through the years, we have jabbed at each other, right? It's what we do. It's what we'll always do. When we don't, sure. that's when we're not friends anymore. Yes, it might exactly. be coming sooner than later, right? <laughs> but <laughs> what I'm saying is there's times we've encountered where people come into these discussions, and yes. we have just learned, the like, to take it out of social media because that's what they're going to do. And that's great, right? We, we, we have a podcast we want you to listen to. We are both public figures in the business where you have to be more public than ever or you become irrelevant, right? So we understand that. I'm just saying like there's <laughs> – team sports are doomed if there's yeah. not going to ever – if loyalty to your team is not ever going to matter at some point. And uh, I know that's the old – that that is older and whiter than the foot of fucking snow that's still on my front yard. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not – I promise you that's not where I was trying to go. I, I know. I, but I'm telling you, when I got back on Route 77 on Monday morning, a lot of my thought was about what I'm going to do next because if I am that disconnected from the people that I cover, then I'm, I'm not sure I'm, I can be long. But you are, but business. you aren't. You aren't that disconnected because you get it. You just don't want to get it because it does. It feels icky. It doesn't feel right. It yeah, doesn't. It doesn't. It does. I, 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 I'm not just. I, but it's like. But we've accepted this fair. Like you talked about it. I mean, half our jokes nowadays are about kids transferring high schools. I know. And like, sixth graders. <laughs> yes, I know. Like, seriously, think about the jokes we make to each other about kids and families we know. <laughs> that, like. This is our world, and I and Zach, I'm 100%. I don't get it. I, I don't like it. I'm yelling at my nephews and my – like, I'm telling my son right now, who's all of seven, you know, about, hey, man, you're going to pick one soccer team and you're playing one soccer team. Well, he wants to play with his friends. And, well, some of his friends can't play where he can play. Mm-hmm. And trying to explain, I'm like – he goes, well, I want to – I go, that's fine. If you want to play with your friends, you play with your friends, but you can't, you can't do both. Like, you can't, you can't screw one team. I go, once you commit to a team, that's the team you're playing on this year. Yeah. And, and I'm telling my seven-year-old that because he's like, well, there's these other teams that want me to play. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. I go, but you got to pick one or another. Either you're going to play with your friends or not. I guess what, what I'm saying is even because we all look at it like that. But I don't think teams look like loyalty is way different in pro sports than what people listening to this podcast want it to look like, Zach, right? 
You, no, that and that's there's no that, that's not even worth arguing or discussing, right? I just think in this case it was especially egregious. I mean, yeah, you know, it all I, is egregious. I, I I finally got time to get back into college basketball, right? Well, but yeah. for the first two weeks, like, and as you know, this is one of my favorite sports. But everybody transferred, so I didn't know for the first two weeks who even played for who. Thank you. <laughs> I know it's my problem when the season started too. I'm like, I, I don't even know this team. I mean, and then talk about the All American Cage Classic because we grew up loving basketball. Oh. Can you name one player on Akron U right now? Because I can't. No, or Kent. Like I'm watching Kent. I, I can't on Kent because sincere curious from Solon. So Solon, I know him, right? and that's the only one. That's the only one. That's the only one talks about. If we were at, at Swenson's right now and he was next to us, that's the only one I would know. Yes, right. And think about it. That's two kids from Akron that knew Akron and Kent's rosters for the last thirty years. Easy. Yes, and yes. it's hard to know them. And that's but. And I guess that's what I keep saying. That is our world. And here's the other thing. This is the last thing I'll say about OBJ because I actually feel bad for him. Um, because blowing out the same knee again just ain't right. And the assholes that were laughing and loving that, that you're really a sick person and, and karma's a bitch. Um, and it probably came back too soon, by the way, when you blow out the same knee again. But that's a whole other thing, but you guys call him a pussy. Um, I didn't like how it went down, Zach. I will, that dude could get open in a wheelchair. In a wheel, and he will. <laughs> it's unbelievable, right? I mean, that whole game changed when he got hurt, by the way. For everybody that thinks he's not good or anything else, the, the, the Bengals almost won because OBJ got hurt. I'll say this, and I'll leave it at this, and I'm done. The OBJ trade to the Brown, to Cleveland never got me overly excited. We did a podcast. You, you, were, you were right about that. For once, you are telling the 100% truth. I never got overly excited. You and, started ringing the alarm bells that night. Right, and everybody was mad at me. I remember, like, people were talking, and I'm like, you got, if you bring a guy in like that, you got to use him the right way. If you don't, this is what you get. And it's not all on uh, – it's not on the GM. It's not all on the head coach, but it's what they inherited. And they didn't do a good job dealing with it. And I'm willing to say that because I'm doing something with Andrew Barry in 24 hours. And what I'm saying on this podcast, he knows I will say to it to his face. And I love him for this because I will have this conversation with him that I'm having on the podcast. I don't think they handled the situation very well or were prepared for the situation very well. No, that's true. And now only – Shoot, next month will be three years exactly since that trade. Wow. The Browns have been so double whammied by that trade because not only did they miss out on Jeffrey Simmons Mm. and then whatever receiver would have been taken in the second round, but the whole thing has sabotaged the rest of their passing game and receiving room to the point that they're basically starting from zero except for the fact that your two number one and two wide receivers are Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz, and you have a quarterback who has a guaranteed $19 million and you want to get rid of him and you don't know if you can how do you help him? Because that's what they, I'm glad. All right, that's, this is a good way to walk away from this. We're done with the OBJ talk. No more talk on A to Z about it. You know, hopefully he fixes his ACL. He got a Super Bowl. Hopefully his child comes healthy. Um, but now you just said it, the number one and number two receiver. And I, if I had to, like, get on a – if I had to get on an island and fight for something, I may have to fight you right now that you got to keep number 80 as a Brown because of what you just said. Yeah. And, you know and what I mean? Number 80 has given zero indications that he wants that to happen. <laughs> Well, he was on the same AAU team. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he said it like Odell was, was going to go to Miami, Florida. Right. Until Jarvis recruited him to LSU. Right. And he's the one cheering for him, doing videos for him. I mean, to me, what it, you can't – you can question a lot of players. I don't question the heart 
that Jarvis Landry plays with, right? Here's what I, no, no one does. And here's where I came up with that whole spiel that I went on and I went 10 minutes mm-hmm. longer than I wanted to about how when I need to get a hold of you, like I can do it, right? <laughs> right. Like I, I'm tall. I'm the only one at your front door tall enough to look in and over and see if anybody's actually <laughs> well, home. I had to get that drive on my <laughs> <Right>. door. <laughs> so like when during Super Bowl week, when Jarvis went on that conference call and did that, Cleveland, he was rubbing your nose in it. He was. <sighs> Wait, whose nose though? <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you said that. Cleveland's. But I mean, nah, but see, all right, what's deeper than that? I didn't say it was intentional, but he was. But all right, is it rubbing your nose in it? If because I, I would do that for you if I was overly excited for you. Because, like, my relationship with you is bigger than this podcast or bigger yeah, than Yeah, but you know what my mom us. would say to you? My mom would say to you even – I would call you first. She would say, read the room. My parents would probably tell me the same thing. Yeah. But at the same time, our relationship is stronger than any relationship with a team. Like, you're, you're we, right. both worked, we both worked for Fox Ohio at one time. And this could get me in trouble, and I'll be careful. No, but they, they weren't smart enough to make no, A to Z to what it was. Right. Yeah. And I rooted for you. Now, I didn't go on conference calls, but I basically still rooted for you to go get what was best for you, regardless of, like, who was paying my, my, my checks. Mm-hmm. Sa- to me, same thing. Like, they, their relationship is going to be deeper than anything a Cleveland Brown or L.A. Ram can ever do. I wouldn't have that without now once again. And I like Jarvis, and I see Jarvis as more of one of us than, than most players because of how he, what he brings and how he brings it to the table. But to me, I just took that as I don't give a damn what you people think. My relationship with Odell is always going to be more important than what some fan that doesn't know me thinks. No, and that, and that's a fine stance. I'm just saying the read on it is is that. And, right. you know, like I said, we, we've been over this. The, the Browns have not lost a game. The Browns have only – well, I was going to say they haven't lost a player, but losing Malik McDowell is an, an impactful loss. Like the optics of this offseason have been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> But that's so. You know what though, you can overcome it all. You can't. It hasn't started yet. We're, no, we're still right. four weeks. <laughs> so you can still protect. All right, but let me ask you this. Let's let, like, and 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 I know there's not a fair answer, but I got to ask. After watching the Bengals almost steal a Super Bowl before they were quote unquote ready, where do the Browns stand in the AFC North today? As we as we move forward, as you talk about where they're at. Well, they're they're third in the AFC North, mm. and a, a couple of problems. One of the problems with that is that you're assuming you're ahead of Mike Tomlin, who just I was just about to say who's die. fourth, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> they haven't um, been under five hundred in like decade. So how know, do they? <laughs> I, I I love Joe Burrow, and I don't need to run from that. I think the Ravens are the favorite in the division. Same. You know. <laughs> I don't. Think um, the, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know it. It, it's it's been like I said, it's been a sobering few months. The Browns still have good players. Um, the Browns, for the first time since two thousand and seven, have the same GM and head coach and front office. All the key players in the same spot for a third year since two thousand seven. That should matter. That's amazing, right? It's, it's amazing. It's a it's a stat that should make you drive off the road. I hope you didn't, but it should. There should be benefit from that. Right, yeah. and, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they land the A free agent or the A quarterback in trade, but at the B and C levels all the way down to the very last guys, that should help you know what you have, what you need, and how you get better. Yeah, right? I think they're in a good place. I, I, I do. That doesn't mean they're going to win the division, though. Right. It doesn't it, mean that they – right. doesn't even mean that they can make the playoffs. Right. But I think there's a drop-off for the Bengals, and I think they're good. But, damn it, if they don't protect that boy from Athens, Ohio, I'm going to go down there and start blocking the way up. Like, what did they – dude, like, that's my walk away from the Super Bowl. And I get it. Taking chase with the pick they took, it, it worked. Who are we to complain? 
I, you know, but man, that offensive line didn't have a chance. They got that kill. That kid killed, man. And he still almost won the damn game. I know. It's, um, yeah, they, they need to take much, much better. I mean, he's the franchise, right? Um, oh, no. he, there's no, on his best day, he's the third best young quarterback in the AFC, but there's no number. Of but his he can beat anybody. Franchise. But right. he can beat anybody. And he Any did. Day, he can beat anybody. And he's so cool about I mean, after the Chiefs game, he, he, you right. know, said something about the underdog thing, and he's like, well, we just beat the second best team in the AFC, so I don't know why people are still calling us underdogs. Right. Well, he's like, <laughs> we beat them twice in the last month. I don't know why everybody's making yeah. a big deal about it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I love the kid. I love everything about him. All right. Think about his situation. And we talk about, and <laughs> we could do this all day, and I love it. But just think about what his situation is and loyalty and everything else and what made his situation. Was at Ohio State for all those years. It didn't work. It's where he wanted to be. Now, the circumstances are definitely different. I'm not going to be ridiculous. But he goes down to LSU, and it changes his world, right? Yep. So, yep. you know, and his loyalty kind of comes from, I had to do what was best for me. I, I sat there, and I waited. I felt like I was better than the kid that they were playing in front of me. He, he was. The coach wouldn't put me in. So I tr- and, and, and the circumstances are different. And I'm not saying this is Zach, because Zach and I see out of the same scope. But I want everybody else to see – that even if we don't think it's fair or the same, it's how these players look at it. Like Ohio State, I know Ohio State guys that still love Joe Burrow like he graduated in the same class as them he may have. Mm-hmm. And I know guys from LSU that love him and claim – both sides claim him. And nobody's mad about it. Everybody gets it. Joe had to go somewhere where he could play. And Joe went somewhere he could play, and look what it did for his career. For the people that are against OBJ – Every guy out there, every player that's tweeting out things and, and giving him love and doing the, doing the whole, you know, the, the shebang on how much, the, how proud and happy they are for him, they look at this as OBJ had to do what was best for OBJ, and it worked. He got his ring. The Browns weren't doing him right. I've had former players reach out to me and say, teams do it to players all the time. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying I, that's no, how hey. I feel, but I'm trying to tell you guys, the guys you watch on Saturdays and Sundays – that's how they feel. He did what he needed to do that was best for him. Process versus results, right? Yes. It's yeah. What, it's, it's, it's the crux of most sports arguments, right? Sometimes really you have is. to yell a little louder. Sometimes you have to admit how, how old you really are. Listen, look, we'll get out of here on this thought, okay? Like it, love it, hate it, deny it, whatever. These, these kids, and they are kids to us. They yes. live on social media. This is what they do. This is what they've grown up with. This is how they choose. Right. It tells you a lot when they don't. That's not a hot take or an original one. But if you found us and you're not a longtime listener, it's probably through social media. It's probably through Brown's Twitter or Cavs Twitter or some other Cleveland based whatever. Right. So that means that, you know, that you follow these guys and, you know, the streets on which they travel above the speed limit. (laughs) <laughs> right? So when they do this and they don't do this, they're telling you what they want to know. Yeah. Hey, um, speaking of uh, showing our age, Super Bowl halftime show. You know, for us, that was our – that's our heyday. That's our college days. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. Shoot, that's that's eighth grade through college, really. But yeah, yes. yeah, that's true. For you, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, you know, well, I – Listen, let's Carter play Carter American Fireworks Glory Days real fast. Yeah! In eighth grade. Yeah, I pulled it out of me. <laughs> in eighth grade, I had a party, right? Party, bonfire, 
in my parents' big ass backyard. Black people, that's where white Manchester people, white people throw their own fires and cops don't come. For black <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And someone had the chronic CD, right? And we, we brought my old ass stereo, you know, four, four pieces. They weighed a total of 27 and a half pounds, right? We brought them out there and someone had the chronic CD. And you know why I remember that night? Not because anybody was doing what I, you know, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Not because anything wild happened, right? I was still a decade from kissing a girl at that point. Um, I heard words on that CD that I had never heard before. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Right? I mean, yeah. it, fall of eighth grade year. That's nineteen ninety three for me, right? That's when it came out in ninety two or ninety three. Yeah, and that came yeah. out. It came out right around. I know that I was on a bus during the glory days. I was on a bus for St. V. I was freshman when the Chronic yeah. came out. I'm on the back of the bus my freshman year. Um, I was getting to play a little JV basketball. We were going to uh, the Fighting Irish of Youngstown. You know where we were going. Oh, we're Al Bundy. Yes, yep. we're Al. We're Al Bundy, we're <laughs> Al, the real Al Bundy, where he played. And I remember I had a Walkman, a Discman, of with course. the Chronic. Yes, and and, and I, I won't say the coach's name because he's still around. And I remember I played it. And he was like, "What are you doing with this?" And he took it from me on the way, and he listened to it the entire way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the best part. So we're sitting around our living room and we're watching it. We're texting with all our friends. And, um, and one of them, and I, and I text, it tells you my age, man, this would be a great concert. They need to go on tour. And my buddy, Nick, who's gone through hell the last couple the last couple of years. And I love him. He's my guy. He texts back, fool. We did go to this concert back in 03. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally have forgotten. We had gone to the up and smoke concert. That tells you how old I am. I forgot all about it. I was like, oh yeah, we did do that. Yeah, I mean, to the wait. point. To the point Lose that yourself was a hit almost 20 years ago. Oh, my God. I know. It's, it's, it's unfathomable that that's where we're at in age. So to hear people complain about it in the words, it's like those are the words. Like now as a parent, and I know you kind of go through this, but you can ignore it because you can because you, you, you can. Um, you know, some of the songs that play, because, you know, we got music playing in all the different rooms, and, and Jen yeah. puts on, you know, censorships on different things and what kids can and cannot listen to. And it amazes me, dude, because you got like kids bop or whatever. And, and so there's a lot of these songs that have bad words in them. You know what I mean? But the kids listen to them on kids bop. So now, like, I'll be like the other day I was playing um, Nintendo with AJ, which is a whole other thing. I'm <laughs> that dude's got me hooked, man. <laughs> we sit around and we play Mario Kart like it's going out of style. Uh, and, I, and I've caught myself talking shit to him and like, <laughs> Of course. Yeah, I'm like I a couple days ago, I almost told him to shut the fuck up, and I, I was like, "Oh, I can't tell a seven year old that." Like, I'm literally like, "God dang it!" Um, but they'll start playing music, and I'm like, "You can't listen to that song." And then I'll, I don't realize it's kids pop, and you know, Jen and I were like, "I can't believe that's what these songs are." And I'm like, "Dude, we listened to Easy E growing up. We can't. How, how can we judge what these kids are listening to?" <laughs> Give me that nut. <laughs> yeah. Right, like I, I could spit out thirty easy e lyrics right now. Oh, thirty easy. years later, that were way worse probably than what kids are listening to today. Um, I don't know who will be in the halftime show again. Uh, here, quickly, do you think the Rams can bounce right back, and are they kind of a flash in the pan? Um, listen, you still win with line play, right? You still in this NFL need pass rushers and corners and and a passing game. Um, you know they're they're going to lose some guys. Yeah, they have done a good job. I mean, they haven't picked till the fourth and fifth round. They've picked guys that can play. That's right? no doubt. The no problem, problem is those guys get to year four and they go get their money as they should. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Odell is a loss, but Woods is coming back. Mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, the running game should be fine with Henderson, and and you'll get Cam a healthy Cam Akers. Right. <laughs> right? I mean, Whitworth probably retires. At least we all assume that. But they've they had they're going to lo- well. Here's another thing. They're they're, they're going to lose Austin Corbett to big money free agent deal. The How about that? Him. How yeah. about that? We were all <laughs> la- like he, he got walked out of here, and he's going to make some yeah. money. Now. <laughs> um, listen, you know, you look at it right now, and I did the athletics article on the Super Bowl odds for next year. Mm-hmm. When Tom Brady retired and Aaron Rodgers are in limbo. The imbalance between the AFC and the NFC is crazy. It hasn't been this yeah, way in a long time. It is crazy. That is crazy. And it can yeah. change because quarterbacks go if Deshaun goes or if Rogers stays or whatever. And things have a way of working themselves out. But the two clear favorites are the Chiefs and the Bills. Neither of one, neither of whom won the AFC this year. That's crazy. The Bengals That's are bringing crazy. their entire team back. The Ravens are bringing their entire team back. Justin Herbert did not make the playoffs. Did anybody want to play them in January? No. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Right? So Genius Boy might coach himself out of the playoffs again, but he, he might not. Yeah, so, like. Yeah. <laughs> well, he kind of coached himself out of it this year. Let's yeah. Oh, no, he, he certainly did. But in the he Chiefs game and the Raiders game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, this is what the Browns are up against, guys. And, um, you know, we, we haven't talked about it much. This is when quarterback trade talks are going on. Last year, the Stafford deal was made before the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, in the past, the Carson Wentz deal, the Alex Smith deal, they were made in this window, the the back half of February leading up to the combine, leading up to the start of the league year. So if the Browns are calling about Jimmy Garoppolo, about Kirk Cousins, about Deshaun Watson right now, now Watson's lack of clarity kind of holds Nothing up Nothing has changed yet, man. What is that? Like the story is the same as it was at the beginning? No, right, right. But – you know, there are between nine and 14 teams shopping for quarterbacks, Trey, and there's five quarterbacks available. Right. So right. this is, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I got no problem with Matt Ryan. See, I, I do. I, I don't like that move because I just think at his age, and he's always been a dome quarterback, he's, he's never been, you know, I, okay. I worry about what's okay. left of Matt Ryan in Fair. December. Fair. Let me ask you this. With the offense you already have set up, what are you going to really ask him to do? No, you're right. For, that first, for the first 10 games of the season, you're not going to ask him to throw more than 24 times a game. Listen. And he's a great play, and he's a great play action quarterback. You don't, he hasn't had weapons like this in a long time. And his best season of his career came running basically the same offense. Basically the same offense. You're right. Listen, Matt Ryan, Cousins, Garoppolo. You can make one point and three counterpoints about all of them. Yeah, but you're right. I don't can... like the other. I don't like the other two. No, you're right. <laughs> right. You, you you can do that, and and you can argue it in any format you want. <laughs> right. Here's what they have to decide inside. Okay, is whoever the pick is going to come in and be an adult and provide us what we're missing and take well, our social our team of social media all stars and children. Yeah. And get them focused for the kind of – if you're ever going to do it, it's always going to be the kind of magical month that the, both the Bengals and the Rams just had. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So can we eliminate – in this era, in all these things we just talked about, can we eliminate some of that bullshit? Can we get a reliable, dependable adult who exemplifies the things that we preach? And so then, yes, of course, there are flaws. Yes, of course, there's risk in giving up things to to go get a guy who's never been there or who has proven that he's not – the guy that we're chasing three times over, six times over, right? But if you make that decision, if the answer is yes in those talks and about what he'll mean inside that room where none of us go, your decision's made for you. You got to do it. 
Yeah, no doubt. All right. Be, all right. We've all been um, – last Sunday, everybody was sick of OBJ talk on the internet. This Sunday, all of your talks will be about LeBron coming home. Great article by Joe Varden in The Athletic about where he grew up. Uh, I wish I would have talked to Joe before he did this article because I would have told him not take his ass over there unless he has some guns and some black people with him. <laughs> still a great job on uh, telling you LeBron started from and what LeBron is about. And Zach and I could tell some pretty – cool stories about where he, he grew up as well and how the South, uh, the South Rangers played not far from where he grew up. And when you went and played South, you brought two uh, things to protect your ribs because they hit you like no one else. Um, but as you know, I can think of some writers all around Northeast Ohio right now that are trying to pen and put together their best questions for LeBron, basically saying, can you see yourself ending your career back at home? Should be an interesting weekend. Get ready for it. Don't get annoyed by it. This is just the world we live in. I guarantee there will be 15 questions to, the, to LeBron one way or the other about what does he think about the new Cavaliers? What does he think about their point guard? He gets to play with two of their guys. Don't get frustrated, Cleveland. It's just how this shit works. The echoes from the high school transfer portal are already screaming about Brownie and Bryce next year. Playing <laughs> are they? See? This, I mean, this whole podcast comes together. <laughs> Hey, shout out to CC Sabathia. I'm happy for him. His son, Karsten Sabathia, committed to Georgia Tech baseball oh, yesterday. God, we are old. If Snoop Dogg didn't make you feel old, CC Sabathia's kid going to play college baseball I know. shouldn't make you feel old. And wait till you see Karsten. He's like as big as CC, but he's a first baseman, and he can swing it. Surprise, surprise. All right, so I may or may not venture out into the streets a little bit for All-Star Weekend. Probably not, but... In case I don't, Dre, I ran across this thing on the internet. I want to read to you last night. I'd never heard this term. Okay. <clears throat> the term is pants drunk. Do you know what it means? Nah. <laughs> one word, pants, pants drunk, but one word. Okay? okay. Pants drunk is a form of drinking culture originating in Finland in which the drinker consumes alcoholic drinks at home, dressed in as little clothing as possible, mainly in underwear with no intention of going out. To a large extent, it is still considered a way of life in Finland, possibly related to the stereotype lack of social contacts among Finns. Folks, I may venture out, but probably I'm going to stay home and be pants drunk. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time on A to Z. I call that the Lowry marketing. I'm getting marketing this weekend, son. (laughs) 